Romans 16, 1-16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Cancrae. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and a sister in whatever matter she may require for your help. For she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my gre- greetings to Prissa and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Empanatus, who is the first convert from Christ, in Christ to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampolitus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Heridion, my fellow Jew. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Typhania and Typhosa, who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asynchronous, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who are with them. Greet Philophagus and Julia, Nerysus, and his sister Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you greetings. Julie Mullen, that was awesome. Um, You can get Chris back later if you would like. Um, Hey, one side note. Uh, I want you to know you got a letter from the deacons um, uh, earlier this week, maybe Friday, and I wanted to say that um, not only has the Lord provided greatly for our kind of operating realities, but um, our deacons fund um, is both giving away and receiving as much as we've ever have. And um, um, for those of you who may be struggling financially right now, you need to know that that is what this is for. And it is a crime against community, our community, for you to suffer um, that uh, we don't know and we can't help. And we want to help. It is uh, not our duty, it is our delight to do that. And we are facing, it's even weird to say, unprecedented times. Uh, but that's okay. We have a unprecedented mercy and love. And he has provided for you through his church. And so please take advantage of that. A list of names in Romans 16. What's in a list of names? When I was growing, my mom said my whole name, that was a problem. And yet, we've all been to events. This is more like a kind of graduation in this list of names, which is um, sometimes um, like both boring depending on how large the graduation is, and exhilarating. It's a kind of combination between monotony and anticipation. But Paul finds it worth it. You've got to understand how precious paper was in that day. And he found naming people as a chunk of his pastoral letter as really important. And the 
and the Spirit himself inspired the apostle to commend and to greet, to bring approbation and salutation to people by name. There are a couple ways to approach a text like this. I can tell you the details as much as we know about each of the individual names, um, though there are gaps of knowledge and there's some confusing language for this roll call of, of, of Romans. Uh, and we can all learn a lot in that, and I will do a bit of that in the beginning of the sermon. But there's another approach that captured my imagination actually before even COVID was hitting when I knew this was coming uh, along the way. And that is not just to read or explain what Paul has done in commending and greeting, but actually do our own commending and greeting. And frankly, that's where we will spend the bulk of the time. And you will have that same experience of both uh, a little bit of monotony, but also excitement. But I want to end this sermon by making sure you get the point of all this commending and greeting, that it's tied deeply to the Father's purpose, the Spirit's presence, and the glory and power of Jesus. Basically, this list of names is all about our Lord Jesus and his work in his church. So let's start with some of the commending and greeting people named by Paul. First, there's Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, and she's bringing the letter to the church at Rome, and she's trusted with this epistle. She certainly has some clout in Paul's mind, some connection to his heart. Servant here is the word diakonos, which is naturally translated deacon or servant or minister. And our denomination itself does not allow for women to be deacons, but our church has long uh, uh, fought for the, uh, uh, the allowance of it because we want to be both submissive and challenging in our views. But whether Phoebe carries the title, she carry or not, she carries the weight of a trusted ambassador, minister, servant of the church in a weighty and official capacity. She is, she's a benefactor to Paul and many others. Y'all, Phoebe is a baller and it's great. She's trusted with the book of Romans. Then you have Prisca, sometimes Priscilla and Aquila, and they are all over the New Testament. They are um, the missionary power couple that, that actually discipled Apollos. You see them in about five places in Acts and three, uh, I think three other epistles. And it's odd that Prisca or Priscilla is named first most of the time. So many scholars think that she was a woman of great esteem, deeply respected, maybe even before her marriage. Junia... Oh, there's a lot of ink written about her or him, probably a woman too. And there's been a lot of literature about that that is trying to figure out how closely she's related to the apostles. I don't think we can come to much conclusions. There's such scant evidence about it. But know this, that she is lauded of the apostles, a woman of high honor. Then you got Mary along with Trophina and Trophosa, probably twin sisters, you got Persis, and they fall all into the camp of hard workers. It's a word that might be better translated uh, laborer than just worker, which I think is a really good description of these mighty missionaries of grit and grace. Then you have Rufus's mom. I love Rufus. Rufus's mom, who was like a mother to Paul, actually literally says, and a mother to me also. I love this. How many of you have had incredible spiritual mothers in your lifetime. What a gift they are. 
Now, I started with the women because a third of the women of the names here are women. And I want to absolutely destroy the ridiculous myth that Paul or the Bible devalue the gifts and grit of women. (laughs) The evidence is not just there. It's just not there. They are co-laborers in the kingdom of God, fellow workers, sisters, mothers, giants in the kingdom. That's Paul's view. In any, that's the Bible's view. That is our Lord Jesus's view. In anything less does an injustice to the data and to the divine world. So now a quick look over some of the guys. It looks like Rufus is the son of Simon the Cyrene. That is the dude who carried Jesus's cross. Looks like the family of Aristobulus, Aristobulus is the grandson, probably, can't quite tell, of Herod the Great, the dude who met with the Magi and who ferociously slaughtered the innocents. What amazing power in Jesus to bring the grandson of the wicked man, this wicked king to salvation. Oh, and there's so much more in this passage. I do want you to wonder at the beautiful, coherent, true, rich, interconnected, and glory of the story of salvation in people. It's personal, y'all. It's all personal. Jesus rescues us in and for relationships, in and through people with names. So I had this idea back pre-COVID where I I didn't just want to tell you a little bit about the names there. What I wanted to do was do something akin to commending and greeting people too, not in Rome, but at Redeemer. And as I started thinking about it further and Redeemer's story, and I started uh, working some of this out, it was itching long. And I thought, you know who can do this better than me? Wendy Brown. She is our own Phoebe, a diaconess of the church in Winston, a minister of Miller Street for two and a half times as long as I have been. So I gave her plenty of time since Tuesday. I wasn't trying to reduce my sermon this week. I wanted her voice to be heard, her commendation and celebrating and greetings and perspective to reflect on the 20 years on staff and the many years more of being in and with Redeemer to do as Paul did in Rome for us. Now, friends, I beg you, resist any jealousy or race to get us all to commend one another in love and greeting. And so I share with you Wendy's words to us. She starts like this. Remember the rebuilt walls of Jerusalem where priests and leaders and rulers and authorities and goldsmiths and perfumers and temple servant and merchants, sometimes with a spear in one hand, working together not for their own glory, but for the Lord's glory. To the saints of Redeemer, that welcome and give welcome wherever you go and to assume the welcome of the spirit that directs us and go forth in the love of Christ. I commend to you specifically these people. And some of these people you will know and some of you won't, but it will all be a part 
of the commendation that we bring. First, the Millers, Jack, who sent out a student named Clyde to plant a church, a grace-based church, which was, was a revolutionary reality then and now. And Rose Marie, in her late and great age, is still mentoring and teaching and repenting and glorying in the Father's grace and power and telling the world about it. For Paul Miller and Josiah Bancroft and Chris Radke and Ron Lutz and the Batstones, boots on the ground to teach the security of our sonship in Jesus, to live out of grace and not bootstraps. Limitless growth under limitless grace. She says about our founding to the medical residents and law and med students and teachers and just regular working folk who, who made up the first Bible study and then the Church of Redeemer itself, a worshiping community sent out as missionaries, many of them, or as missionaries to Ardmore as well, to reclaim a condemned school building and transform it into an Ebenezer of the gospel. To Valerie Godwin, T. Downs, Julie Dockery, and Amanda Hyatt, women filled with faith and who take on burdens that none of us know because of their marital union, each with a mission and a calling to their cities. Oh, and yes, their husbands, Clyde, Rick, Hunter, and Georgia, too. To Pat Abbott and Amy Scroy, who have ministered faithfully among us, have demonstrated wisdom and grace, and, ex- and enjoyed an expanded family that they were not expected or wouldn't have imagined, but embraced with joy. For those who are either no longer in our churches or in other churches who have moved, the Himes, the Swains, the Gurleys, the Quasneys, shaped the way courageous shepherding exists at Redeemer. Intimate situations and tumultuous times, faithful to the word. For those we wait to see, a, see again, we commend Calvin Chai and Rhonda Daring and Martha Pep and John Bryce, each who taught us how to walk faithfully toward meeting our maker when it just seemed too early for all of us. Amjad Mahand, a man who was once an enemy of the church and now a giant in the faith, patient with us while calling us family. He took the, or brought the gospel to us who are at the ends of the earth. Charlie and Jackie Donahoe and John and Barbara McCoy and Tim and Barb Wagner, whose passion and courage and service and love of one another and Redeemer and the entire world, even amid physical pain and trials, they have led us as warriors of prayer and kindness. Tracy Farmer and Amber Hatch and Todd Kistemaker and Rob Painter and all those who work in the medical world as they serve and minister through the art of medicine and mercy. And to the McMullins, Kevin, who fought cancer and fights cancer in children, bringing his medical expertise to bear and a whole lot of laughter. And Amy's wry smile and knowing looks, priceless and steady. They are the ones who who helped us with the first waves of adopting and fostering in our midst. 
Of course, Blake and Ashley Hill, both medically and in ministry, encourage, speak truth and humility, and by faith to all those who are in the city. You have the Ramses and the Hans and Brian Haskell and the Little Pages and the Becks and now Chris Horn who gather, gather artists into us, setting a foothold of the gospel at the School of the Arts, uh, working there, ministering on campings, campus, helping connect artists to the gospel itself and that worship that continues to multiply in our midst. And Clint Dowda and Ben Milner have hewn the foundations of pedagogy for us, training our officers and ministry leaders. Y'all, we're halfway done now. To Dave and Beverly Moser, who mourn and celebrate and mourn with those who mourn and celebrate with those who celebrate like no humans we know, who have turned and received the turning of grief and to love and ministry of Christ and others both near and far. For David and Julie Mullen and their strong daughters, they've allowed us to come alongside of them and in a season had to even carry and were able to carry them to celebrate healing and continue to serve faithfully and sacrificially in wonder and beauty in our midst. The Sharps, all three generations, who helped us grow in the ways that we will love one another, especially with those with addiction, but who are not defined by that addiction. Similarly, Ouija Sink, who gives himself to living and serving men for years and years, a love without limits, breaking the power of shame. The Bortons, Solus Christus, I commend them to you for those who have given all up for the great, for the pearl of great price. Nancy Keshin and Connie Kirkman and Stephanie Rudnicki and Jen Sanders and Julie Garrett and the Rebecca's, both Alexander and Stone, wise women ministering out of their weakness, but strong for the gospel, faithful in Christ, brilliant in their reasoning and vision. When he says, I commend them to you. She says her holy co-workers, her co-laborers, Angie and Conrad Chi, Fancy and Jim Tobin, Daniel and Brandy Vandergriff, Cecil and Christy Davis, Matt and Becky Dickerson, Joey and, Jamie, uh, Joey and Amy Jeffers, pursuing others in humility and grace, despite illness and trials and complexities of parenting, grandparenting, model of modeling a tenacity of holding on to the Lord and yet speaking truth with courage and love. When he writes, Ruthie Morton, the person who is pound for pound, the most passionate and most alive person at Redeemer, full of grace and talent, all offered up as a fragrant sacrifice to our Lord Jesus. To Angie Kistemaker and Sherry Hasty and Wendy Galinsky and Lily McMullen and Gail Walker and James Torbel, behind the scenes, innumerable meals coordinated umpteen numbers of cups of coffees and trays of food, swarms of people welcomed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Nan, Steve, Hazel, Corey, Kevin, and now Amy. The Becks, and she writes, the Becks 2.0, a love that is large, a service that is powerful, a peace pursued. Remind us that the church our church and the relationships in it are well worth fighting for. The Ulysses, the Edwards, the Lindys, the Neves, our present and future leaders, 
She says, greet them, encourage them, watch them, pray for them. The Spirit has given them so much wisdom, winsomeness, and passion, even amidst their trials. The griders and the spars, steady and faithful, again and again serving in places where people will not see, loving spouse and children and this church. Dee, Jeannie, Jamie, Courtney, where would we be without women like this to champion and guide our community? Bev Moser, Phyllis Calhoun, Sherry Altman, women of prayer always. And the many at Redeemer who dared to trust the Lord and its brothers and, or their brothers and sisters at Redeemer as they were prayed for, raised up, and sent out and welcomed home. Many on the mission for lengths uh, um, uh, and in places of not safe locations in the world and others uh, uh, choosing to serve in the name of our Lord. Pat Abbott and Nan and Steve and Jim and Beth Leinberger and the Cheese and the Scots and the Sinks and the Allwards and Cynthia Rubel and the Vices and the Coopers and the Harolds and the Rainies and the Woos and the Mushamundas. Too many to name, she says, schlepping medicine and supplies and Bibles and books and toys and shoes in large suitcases and then scramming their stuff into backpacks. The adventures of prayer and faith, walking faithfully as the Spirit led, not knowing exactly where they would go. Okay, the commendations, the approbations, the salutations, the greetings. So why did I ask Wendy to do this? Why would I spend so much of a sermon on names? The first reason is encouragement. Now, I'm personally trying to work on encouragement. It's not a habituated practice for me, but that's not the reasons why I did this. What I'm trying to do is lean in to that Philippians passage from a couple weeks ago that we must remember the grace of God in our midst to bring forth the unity that we have. So this isn't about me working out my acts of keeping with repentance for my lack of virtue. It's about knowing names and people. And it's an encouragement to them, but also to the rest of us. Look, y'all, it's hard to follow Jesus in places you haven't been before. But it makes it easier when you know brothers and sisters who've traveled there before you. And so you can talk and learn from them, even if they are not in our midst anymore. You can be commended to them and their stories and listen to the tales of the Lord's mighty deeds. The second reason is relationships. You must hear me. This is not about nostalgia or the glory of humankind, but the reality that we were built for relationships, built in relationships, and that the kingdom of God expands through relationships. It's a story about our family story, known and unknown, transformed by God's grace into faithful servants of all. And that's pretty fantastic. Because if I didn't mention your name here, guess what? It doesn't really matter. If you have yielded to the reign of his grace and power, if you have called on him to forgive you, your name, your name, is written into the story much grander than Redeemer. Say your name. His commendation is not limited to 30 minutes on a Sunday where two humans are trying to figure it out. Your name is written into the Lamb's book of life. 
So this week, my application for you is I want you to name five people, to greet them, to commend them, five people in and around Redeemer, call them up, commend them, greet them and receive them if you can. We actually have a fridge full of LaCroix and other waters. You can come grab them, pick them up and take them something, a a, a kindness, a mercy to them. Write them a note because their name matters. Their presence is a value in our midst. But lastly, and most importantly, it's not just encouragement or relationship. It is a witness to the very affection of Jesus. Isn't it wild that Paul says and ends this part of it by greeting one another with a holy kiss? It's a different kind of kiss. It's one holy set apart. Now, don't get caught up in the particular, um, that particular form of salutation. <laughs> it's just about showing affection, showing the affection of Christ to our brothers and sisters with whom we walk, to our fathers and mothers who go before us, who have given us and, and continue to grow our faith. I want you to go to each other's houses, masked and physically distanced, to greet one another not just in a COVID-minded kiss, but one born of God's great love in Christ Jesus. I say this a lot. And when Jen was preaching or teaching uh, about the wood block, I was like, why do I even do this? Why, why would you just get Jen to keep talking? The, the great theologian, as I call her, J. Melton Sanders, did it again in her email to parents this week because she picked up what is so true in the text. She writes, My fellow workers in Christ Jesus, Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia, Andronicus and Junia, they were in Christ before me. Ampliatus, beloved in the Lord. Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. Apellus, who is approved in Christ. Workers in the Lord, Trephena and Trephasa. She writes, this is no small reality for it is in Christ that these relationships exist. In Christ that we can serve him. And she says, it is the same for us. We often discount this unifying bond, but Paul says we should acknowledge it, affirm it and celebrate it, commend each other and greet each other. It is true for us. We are in Christ secure and made right in him. We live out of his goodness and sacrifice. We can know and be known like Paul and his friends because we live, we reside, we dwell in Christ with them. And so I close with this. Because of his great eternal love, his perfect life, his atoning death, his vindicating resurrection, and his reign of grace, we are now one people in him on mission. And the commendation and the greeting that is most important of all is the one we receive from the creator of the universe who approves 
and welcomes us. The very triune God, because of the work of Jesus, commends, celebrates, and greets you. Amen.